Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech Episode 3 Ragamuffin Rockstars for the week of May 13th, 2010. My name is Mark, and with me, as always, is Sean. Hello, Sean. Hello, everybody. And uh, today's episode is going to be about uh, free and open source podcasting and audio recording and production tools. We're going to talk about Audacity and Jam Studio and Mina and our door and all sorts of other uh, little tools and tricks like that. So if you have a if you want to be a rock star on a ragamuffin budget, today is your day. Yes, be just like us. <laughs> So before we get started, Sean, anything on your mind today you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, actually, I was. Uh, this is something that's been kicking through my head uh, over the past couple of years, but uh, it, it gets at the heart of, uh, or the heart of it is uh, the communication breakdown that I see very often uh, between the the techies and the teachers, uh, and it, it seems to be fairly widespread. I. I, I certainly see it here and i see it uh uh pretty much just about everywhere else you know you you it's a common thread teachers uh seem to gripe about uh their interactions with the tech team and uh, of course the techies we we have our complaints about the teachers and how they operate too uh uh so you know it's that's just basically what kind of got me uh, rolling on this subject. So what you're saying is there's sometimes an adversarial relationship between the tech and the teacher? Uh, I wouldn't say sometimes. I would say most of the time. <laughs> it's, it seems to be that way. Um, and, you know, I, I I feel like I kind of fall in the middle here, right, because I, I'm uh, somewhat of the inexperienced tech, you know, and I'm certainly not a teacher, but uh, maybe I'm a, a third party almost, you know, I feel that way. I, I can see it from both sides. Well, if you're going to play Dr. Phil, what uh, what's your prescription, doctor? Well, uh, you know, uh, I guess first we could talk about, you know, the, the root of the problem. Uh, you know, we saw that thing, uh, the Saturday Night Live skit where the tech guy. <laughs> Nick, your tech company's computer guy. Right, right. That's and that's, that's hilarious, right? And, uh, you know, it's the tech guy and he comes up and, you know, whatever the problem is and he move and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, his social interaction skills are not uh, not very strong. <laughs> you know, and that's true for almost all tech. Let's just I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for the tech guy here for just a minute because you know that's me. Right. Um, the set of skills necessary to excel in the world of technology and the set of skills necessary to excel in the world of people are not necessarily the same skill set, and in some ways they tend to be somewhat exclusive. Right. The uh, the the outgoing gregarious cheerleader is never going to get into computers because that, she has better would, things to do with her that would be me uh yeah you were a cheerleader well, yeah you know not really a cheerleader but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so i understand you know just from a basic human standpoint we've got two different skill sets there the 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 tech sort of lives in a binary world of yes no one zero and, right, and highly analytical right right the, and the other the other sort of interactions sort of don't even exist in his world uh and and i don't know that you know i'm not trying to excuse uh rude behavior but maybe give an explanation of it if i'm busy working on something and i've you know for 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 everybody i'm not just going to say for a teacher for everybody your problems are the most important problems 
Right. right? It's, it's central to your world. Right. So if you're a teacher coming to me with a problem, it's a bad day for you already. Right. right. Okay. But you may be the 57th teacher who's come to me today uh, with a bad day. So it's sort of like a doctor who never gets to see anybody when they're happy and healthy. Everybody who comes to see a doctor feels miserable and, and is unhappy. And so maybe he starts to look at the world from a miserable, unhappy standpoint. I've known a lot of doctors with terrible bedside manners, and I've often wondered if that might be the case. That you know, that's that's a good comparison because I, I think you're right. There is uh, when your day consists of people bringing problems to you, uh, you know that that kind of puts the beat down on you. <laughs> so I, I definitely understand that, and I'm seeing that more and more, you know, and and I fight against that uh, quite a bit as uh, you know, trying not to come away with that perspective throughout the day. Uh, so yeah, so we so we've got that. We've got the tech side and the and. You know, we're not making excuses for it. It just is what it is, right? And it, when you're, when any two people or groups of people are communicating, uh, that's the thing that you have to keep in mind is you're dealing with different types of people, different personalities. And I think in the tech world, you certainly have a preponderance of a certain personality type. And, uh, uh, so now let's talk about the teacher side. And, uh, again, I think you have somewhat of a preponderance of, of a personality type there. And, uh, teachers are used to being the, the masters of their universe and they're in the classroom. And when they're there, they're, they're it, right? I mean, their word is law. And, uh, so they're used to operating in that type of environment. And, uh, uh, you're right. You know, if, if they have a problem, you know, to them, it's a huge problem, and uh, you know that makes sense. Uh, so I, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily, uh, you know, we can talk about that, but that's not really going to solve anything. Uh, so my real thought on this is that okay, you can say there's a it's a t- double edged sword, and that you know both sides have respons- responsibility there, and that's true, but. I don't think that there's really equal responsibility there. I think that the onus is really more on the tech person uh, because when we're talking about dealing with tech problems, that's our world. Uh, so often you see teachers really get uh, somewhat on the defensive, right? Because they're they're all of a sudden they're the idiot, right? Well, and 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 we techs have a knack for making people feel stupid. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're, we're good at that. We don't mean to be, but well, yeah, and we we're start talking in computer terms and acronyms and everything else, and just under the assumption that everybody we talk to knows what all that stuff means, and uh, it sounds like we're talking down to them. Right, and and so yeah, f- I I think your point that you're getting to here, and and it's not one that I disagree with, is there's an issue of customer service here. Absolutely, uh, we are. The, as the, in the tech department, we are the, the service, servants, you know, and, right. and the, the, the teachers are our customers. And, right. and I think that too many, uh, my complaint about too many network administrators is they have it the other way around. They think that it's my network, my computers, I am God here, and you are the merely, uh, the, merely the lowly user, and you get whatever crumbs I offer you. Right. I think it's totally the other way around. Uh, I am not the master of the user. I am the servant of the user because that's my job. Without me uh, or without the need for, for customer service, I don't have a job. Right. Well, and you know, my background is, uh, you know, before coming here was uh, 
primarily customer service related. Uh, when that, you know, you get to the heart of what I did before I came here, it was customer service. So I have that background. I think that's why this has been eating at me because I see, I see that lack in, uh, in, I don't know if it's in technology and education exclusively. I'm sure it's probably across the board, uh, you know, out there in the corporate world and everywhere else, but that, the tech people don't typically see their job that way. They, they, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in IT. I'm an IT guy. I work on computers. I'm a programmer or I'm a, you know, a network administrator, whatever. But when it comes down to it, our primary job is customer service. And, uh, I, I just, I, it looks like that's just widely missed, uh, that a, a lot of tech people just you know that they don't even see it that way uh, i don't even know if they've necessarily given it a whole lot of thought but uh, that's my rant because i think that that really needs to be a primary focus of ours all right so what what do we do what's the answer well uh certainly reaching out you know trying to get a, as much input from people uh i know around here uh i've received a lot of accolades just for being accessible and uh and also having a physical presence you know and these people get to interact with you and again this is a different personality type but you know a lot of people they want they want to see you they want to they want to see your face as it you know uh you know you you make expressions as you're talking and that's all part of the communication process and uh so it's it's bringing more personalization to that that interaction and people, well, let people me address feed off that. Of that let me address that for just a minute uh one of my favorite sayings is that when you don't see the wizard, all is well in Oz. Right. Uh, the the guy, the backroom guy. All right. Uh, so you have sort of two levels of of techno, uh, technicians in a school setting, and uh, in in a, in a lot of smaller schools, it's the same guy. You've got your backroom guy who makes all the servers work, and he's the 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 voodoo wizard. And then you've got your uh, help desk support guy. He's the guy who goes out and 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 puts feet on the ground and 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 solves people's problems. Right. So. so so you know, in our situation, I'm the wizard guy, and you're the the hands-on guy, and so I do get flack for not being visible, before, right. Because I'm not out there. But you know, it's it's you know, if the wizard walks away from behind the curtain, the 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 Oz sort of falls apart sometimes. You're right. You're and right. So it's my job to be invisible. If you don't see me, everything's good. When you see me, it's because there's a problem, and I'm running rushing to fix it. Well, yeah, and 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 there again, I mean, there goes uh, part of the problem, though, too, right? So, if you happen to be walking through the uh, elementary school because you know uh, one of our uh, you know network stacks has gone down, you know, one of our uh, stack of switches is having a problem or something like that, and you're over there, uh, you know, trying to troubleshoot the problem, you're there for a very specific reason. Uh, again, you're a tech guy, so you're there to get the job done, and you you just want to get to the problem, get it solved, and get out of there. And uh, but in the meantime, you may pass one or two people, and uh, and you know maybe not be as receptive to them because you know you got a bigger issue going on right now, and you need to deal with that. And they may not understand that they really need you to be focusing on that problem too, right? But uh, again, so it's it's that situation so uh, uh where you might catch a little uh undue flack and maybe to just speak out to the teacher in this is you know understand 
that you do have different people working on different sorts of problems. And if, yeah, if it's your wizard that's down there on your campus, he's there because there's a pretty significant problem. And, uh, maybe it's not the time to ask him, uh, you know, I, I can't figure out how to copy and paste this in Word. <laughs> He's not going to be very receptive to that. Make a support ticket. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I, and we see that quite a bit around here because there are those different roles and you, you fall victim to that. Um, uh, you know, as well. So, uh, there is some onus on the teachers, you know, and, and they do have to try to be understanding uh, about that. But I still think the larger part falls on us. We are the servants. Uh, this is our realm and we have to really try to reach out and, and, uh, improve that relationship every chance we get. So tax, go take some, um, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people courses. And, Absolutely. That's a good one, by the way, <laughs> learn to actually speak English. And things will get a lot smoother. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, understand that when people are coming to you with the problem, they all of a sudden feel dumb and they, they feel helpless. And, uh, you know, so you need to nurture them uh, more than anything. And you know, one of the most empowering things that a technician can say, and the thing that they almost are never willing to say, is I don't know. Yeah. And I've used this analogy before. Uh, one of my... Uh, favorite television shows is the television show house and house if you haven't seen the show is one of the best di- diagnostic uh doctors in the world and he gets all these bizarre cases that never nobody can figure out and so it's an hour-long show and for 58 minutes of the hour he's wrong he spends the entire episode being wrong and making wild guesses and being wrong now they're educated guesses they're intelligent guesses their guesses based on the evidence at hand but their guesses I'm here to tell you, folks, this is a secret that not everybody wants out, but your text in the world, they're Dr. House. 90% of the time, they're wrong. They spend all day guessing. Right. There's a complex problem in a complex system, and there's no way they can know the answer to all of it. So they spend their days guessing. And so they're wrong all the way through the day. And then, you know, in the last two minutes, they get it right, and everybody hails them as a hero. Yeah. Uh, so if you come to me... During that 58 minutes of me being wrong, I'm not going to be a nice guy because I'm, I'm freaking out trying to solve this. And so you need to understand that, that your job is stressful and my job is stressful. And sometimes you're going to catch me on a bad day and I'm going to bite your head off. Now, me <laughs> being a professional, I should later go back and apologize to you for that. But a lot of techs are unwilling to do that. So techs out there, admit you don't know. It right. makes it makes you look human. It makes the teacher feel better because then they're oh okay he he doesn't know they understand not knowing. Yeah, absolutely. they don't understand all the jargon you throw at them. Well, and they're they're right. So now all of a sudden you're a human, right? And they and they're much more willing to uh, uh, be forgiving, you know, if you can do that. Uh, but if you if you try to play the other side and you know act like you know everything and they're dumb and you're smart and you know that's that's. A, a strong overstatement of the situation but you know in the end it, it comes across kind of that way and uh one of my favorite sayings is perception is reality so uh don't play the right wrong game just you know work on improving that relationship so in the immortal words of rodney king can't we all just get along <laughs> oh that was bad <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's my rant, and, you know, it's just a, a call out to all the techs out there to, you know, 
keep that in mind and try to maybe maybe this will be the 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 next school year would make that your year of uh, trying to improve those relationships with the teachers so for all you people out there who've been complaining that every episode mark gets off on a rant and and spends a half hour bashing apple or talking about his media player or something this week it wasn't me <laughs> yeah that's right i so i got to rant once i so. wanted to go to go on the record that i was ready with the show and sean said hey there's something i want to talk about so it was on him this week right right so if we if we run a little bit long which well let's just say i don't know if that's even accurate to say anymore we always run long when every episode is a different length how do you know if you're running long? yeah right and uh if anything if you think this one's long well it's it's sean's fault this week all right so now let's get on to the the meat of the matter at hand and uh let's not keep our guest waiting any longer uh we have with us today Stuart burt from chapel hill isd Stuart is the technology director at chapel hill and has been for a couple of years. Before that, he was uh, an instructional technologist, and he was a junior high counselor. So this is a man who uh, has resolved those conflicts in his time and is now on the uh, technology side of things. And uh, Stuart is uh, an accomplished podcaster and one who teaches both students and teachers how to do that. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring Stuart on, and uh, and we'll just uh, let him introduce himself and, and tell us a little about his qualifications. Okay, well, uh, I'm Stuart. Um, I'm from Chapel Hill, which is in Mount Pleasant. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, Chapel Hill, Tyler, no. Uh, in Mount Pleasant, I uh, started using Audacity, oh, three or four years ago uh, with students. Uh, we started mainly podcasting our announcements. We have a podcast server here at Chapel Hill uh, to where daily we record our announcements and you know our parents can, can subscribe to that podcast and, and started working with the students on editing the audio and it's just kind of grown into, you know, an expansive thing of all of our, our students and teachers working with the, the audio mainly. Um, and, and it's really been an experience teaching the students and, te- and learning from the students on, on a lot of the cool tricks that I didn't know exist because they figured it out. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I really think Audacity is a neat program. What sort of uh, hardware setup do you use with Audacity? Uh, uh, do you, is it just a laptop mic or, or when you make a podcast, what do you use well, to do it? We started out using just uh, you know cheap computer mics, uh, and then we kind of grew to snowball mics, um, and then we have a couple of the M Audio uh, USB producer mics, um, and those are kind of the best. The, the snowballs and the USB mics uh, are pretty good, and then you know the USB headset, you know Logitech, uh, are, are kind of what we use. Um, some of our teachers just use you know digital voice recorders that they you know, record their lessons and podcast their lessons, but. Uh, Mainly, we're using you know either headset or like a snowball mic. And what do you use to serve that up? Uh, we have an Apple uh, server that hosts uh, our podcast server, so um, it's mainly our only Mac in the district. Uh, but it, it makes a great way to, to host your podcast, just because all the teachers can get on without having to have a Mac and upload all their files, and it, it creates the iTunes link for you automatically. And I wanted something that was really easy for. My teachers mainly to where you know to reduce that frustration level where they can get on there and update it real easy and you know easy for the parents to get to. So, and you're you're just uh, uploading MP3 files into that. Is that right? Is that how they do that? Yes, yes. So the the podcast server on the Apple side has a thing where you, you click the plus sign and it says, you know, in, insert your media. So that can be a video file. It can be an MP3. Uh, you know, a lot of our teachers use Movie Maker as well, so they can put that Movie Maker right into that feed. Um, 
you know, and that makes it real simple for the for the teachers to be able to use. All right, Stuart, give me a, a two second primer. If I am a teacher who wants to get into podcasting um, with no money, we are the Tidewad Tech. That's what we're about here, right? Um, what do I do? Well, you uh, you come to me, or and I have I have mics here, you know. At uh, if but if you're a teacher, you know, here at the district. But if you're a teacher anywhere, <laughs> mainly you, you need somewhere some way to record your audio, uh, and and you that can be a cheap two dollar mic. That can be a you know an, ex, an expensive mic. Uh, it does, you don't have to start real high. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people. If you're just listening, like our announcements per se, it doesn't have to be recorded in this nice elaborate studio. It can be recorded with a digital voice recorder that we've taped to the phone the, to make the when we make the announcements. And that's where the way we started. Uh, and then you you need you know a site to host your your podcast. You know, uh, WordPress even. You know, you can you know you can host a, a WordPress you know page and it'll host your podcast for you. Mark, aren't we? We're using a similar setup, right? Uh, we use a, a product called Podcast Gen, which is a, an open source uh, podcast server. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, similar in, in some ways to the Apple server. You put your media up there, you give it a description, it creates your RSS feed for you and everything. It's a great little tool. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're talking about Audacity here. Uh, just for those who don't know, um, We've got some stats, and Sean is sort of our resident statistician, so he's going to run down a little bit about what Audacity is. Right? Yeah, it's it's at least turning into that, isn't it? And uh, that's that's pretty difficult for me. I just jump on Wikipedia and <laughs> type in my search. Uh, so I will say uh, that my information today is from Wikipedia. the The Audacity site, which is uh, Oh, I think it's audacity.sourceforge.net, but uh, their community site uh, is not quite as robust as as what uh, we saw with Moodle and with the forums and everything else. So, Audacity, you can go there and actually just get the uh, you know get the software. Uh, for more information, Wikipedia uh, is cross-platform recording application is, is the simplest way to put it. Uh, it's also a digital audio editor. And uh, Mark, you can probably talk more about this uh, when the time comes, but it's uh, very robust as far as its editing capabilities. Uh, uh, let's see. It was created by a gentleman named Dominic Mazzoni, and he uh, this was when he was a graduate student at Carnegie Mellon University. I know Carnegie Mellon does uh, some really neat projects, so that doesn't surprise me to to hear that it came out of there. And he now works at Google, so uh, so he's an idiot, right? Well, Google only hires dumb yeah, people. Idiot, idiot savant, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, this guy uh, obviously a very smart guy, um, but he's still the main developer. So even though he's uh, over there with Google, he's uh, still developing and working on on Audacity, and it's a, a still a robust project. And they just came out with a, a new new release here uh, April 1st of this year so uh, it's it's still going it's not a stale project by any means and I highly doubt that it ever will be uh, it is the sixth most popular uh, download on sourceforge.net with 63 million downloads so uh, again uh, obviously that many people getting it it's a it's a great software and that's why we're here to talk about it today uh, Stuart, talk a little bit about, uh, I know this is a uh, an audio medium, so uh, screenshots would be handy, but we don't have that option. Uh, talk a little bit about the interface. What does a user see when they sit down to Audacity for the first time? Well, when you first open Audacity, it's going to have 
just kind of a blank slate with a toolbar, you know, the, the usual thing on the top, you know, just a, just a toolbar on the top, blank slate. Uh, from there, you can import uh, tracks you already, you already have, you know, MP3, WAV, you know, AIF, um, or you can start recording a new track. Um, and a lot of times we'll start recording a new track, you know, from, from either source, you know, from a microphone or, uh, you know, from, from other sources of something that you've inputted. Um, it'll do multi-track, so if you start recording and then you stop, it's hit record again, it'll open, it'll do a new track. Uh, and then you can move those tracks freely. You know, it's it's real easy on kind of the user interface. Uh, th- there is a little bit of learning curve on Audacity because you know th- it doesn't really label a lot of the buttons. It has, you know, six main tools. You have the the cursor thing that kind of uh, that's to be able to highlight part of the track. Uh, and then you have the um, the next tool where if you hover over it, it kind of tells you what what that tool does. Uh, and I believe it's called the envelope tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's to be able to, to kind of play with the levels of the audio of different tracks, you know, fade in, fade out. Uh, and then you have the pencil where you can, you know, you can select and highlight portions of that and then zoom in, zoom out to where if you want to see the, the whole track or just certain sections of it. Uh, and then, um, the next tool after that is where you can kind of move the track, you know, in kind of position where you want different, you know, all of your tracks. So you're working with 10 different tracks, uh, and then you want those different things to come in, uh, different at certain times. Um, so that's kind of the general rule. You know, there's some settings to where if you want to do a real high quality recording or if you want to do a, just a smaller file, uh, that's all built in. Yeah, the, the tool you left out there, and I understand why, is the multi-tool uh, mode. I've been using Audacity for uh, the better part of a decade, and I still don't get what the multi-tool is all about. It's too multi for me. It does yeah, too much. Yeah, I leave it out for that reason. Uh, but like. the uh, the primary interface that the, the the average user, for the most part, is going to see is really the universal circle, triangle, two lines, and square, you know, the fast-forward, play, record. Um, and once you, if you can work a tape deck, you can work Audacity. Uh, in that regard. Now, if you want to get into the more advanced features of it, then, of course, there's some learning curve to that. But if all you want to do is sit down and record, you can do that. There's not a lot to it. Yeah, and it's real easy to just got to get in and start using the tools. Uh, you know, it's got a lot of, you know, undo, redo features that, you know, if you if you do something and you, you mess it up, you can just, just undo what you've done. It makes it real easy, kind of intuitive. Uh, and there are some, some more, a lot of advanced things you can do with Audacity that I'm sure I'll never touch. Uh, but uh, but you can start pretty basic. Yeah, that undo and redo, I'm telling you, when I first started recording and doing uh, music and that sort of thing back as a hobbyist in, in uh, high school and then later in college, I did it with, with magnetic tape. And and there was no undo. Those days. And and the redo was you recorded it again. Um, and and you know if I had a section I wanted to cut out, um, I had to like string two tape decks together and push record on one and play on the other. Or yeah, to, to get really advanced, you, you use scissors and tape and you splice right. it. You cut it and splice it. With this thing, this this podcast that you're listening to right now, we started in. With the interview, we we typically do that because we want to respect our guests' time, and then we're going to go on and later record the intro. And so the first, whatever it was, ten minutes—I don't know what it is at this point, so I'm going to make it up. First ten minutes of the show, where Sean and I riffed on whatever it was, yeah, ramble on, is going to happen after this sentence I'm saying right here, and then we're going to do the show closing, and then we'll do the tips of the week. 
And then I go into Audacity and I say, snip, snip, move that to the front, slide this over, and then you get the podcast that you're hearing right now. That is freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, and, and that basic functionality is really uh, all most people are going to need, right? They need to be able to move those tracks around, reorder them the way they need to, cut out whatever portions they want to edit out, and do their fade in, fade out. And, you know, that that's going to cover probably 95% of the people out there. And I'll say one thing on, on Audacity. You know, it starts out real easy, and, and one thing that I tell my teachers and, and is the lame encoder, and I don't know if, if we haven't mentioned that yet, but if you're going to save as an MP3, the, that lame encoder is real important. Uh, it doesn't come standard with Audacity, uh, so I thought I'd just mention that. Yeah, just a little background on that. The the lame encoder is uh, uh, the MP3 format is an encumbered. It's it's a, um, a proprietary format. Uh, the Fraunhofer Institute in Germany owns MP3. Um, they they license it very uh, loosely, uh, so it's it's there's pretty much not an issue there, but. It's not open, and so the audacity audacity people can't include it. And so, uh, if you uh, the instructions are, are dirt simple, it's in the help. Or the first time you try to record something as an MP3, it'll tell you, "Hey, I need this file." It's one file. You download it off the web. You point it at it, and you never need it again. But Stuart's right. That's an important thing to do. If you want to to record as an MP3, you have to go grab that extra part because it's not open. Yeah, I could see where a new user might not catch that and then is wondering why they can't get their their file saved correctly so definitely something uh, important and here at our district we we do that for everybody so they don't even know about it necessarily here right that's just on our image we do that before we put it out there and so uh yeah but if you're just going out there and grabbing it for the first time uh you'll need to do that so, Stuart, what are you, um, other than in the ed, in the classroom, um, what sort of uh, uses have you done with it? You sound like you are a, a bit of a podcaster. Have you got a, a link we can plug or something, or, or what do you do with it personally? Oh uh, well, for one, I'm a, I'm on the media team at the church, First Baptist in Mount Pleasant, uh, and we do a weekly podcast of the uh, sermons. Uh, so we we capture the audio and video um, of of all of our our services, the morning and the p.m. Uh, and then as soon as we have captured that, I, I cut up the sermons and the, the music, and I put those into, into a podcast feed um, for our members or non-members that want to subscribe to that. Uh, so that's kind of a use that we use, uh, and I keep those. You know, We have a, a pretty, pretty good server at the church. So I, I keep all of the raw um, files that I capture, um, and you know, so people can, you know, if we ever want to go back and get that audio, um, we do a podcast here at Chapel Hill. Uh, the the librarian or, or media specialist and I do a podcast um, every couple of months. Uh, you know, we're we try to be more uh, do more podcasts than that, but it seems like we forget or, or not have enough time. Uh, so yeah, podcast. You know, it's a great podcasting tool. Uh, it makes it real easy and and going back and forth between uh, several computers. You know, having that that Audacity project. If I want to work on something somewhere else, it makes it real simple to do that. Right, and we haven't mentioned yet, uh, unless we did at the show opener that we're going to do later, that uh, <laughs> Audacity is uh, cross-platform. It works on uh, uh, Mac, uh, Windows, and Linux, and it's the uh, pretty much the same interface. I mean, I've not used it on a Mac, but I've used it on Windows and Linux, and, and there's really no difference between the two. Um, Didn't really want to 30 your fingers well, on a Mac, I, right? I can't afford a Mac. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. 
I have I have a minivan payment. I can't afford it. Yeah, my. yeah. I use it on a, on a PC at church and a, and on a PC at home and on a Mac at school, and it's the same interface, you know, all the way across. So it works great. Yeah, um, and and some companion tools that we wanted to mention that uh, that Sean and I have been playing around with, and and I call them companion tools because uh, at least in what we do. Um, Everything sort of comes back to Audacity. That's sort of our our big mixing bowl, and so we we may have the the other ingredients that we mix up in other places, but in the end, they always come into Audacity for the final tweaking. Right. And uh, you know, we've we've mentioned before. I'm a uh, both a, a obsessive compulsive and an audiophile, and those two things uh, come together in a rather destructive way sometimes. And I'm glad you're doing the editing because if I had to edit with you over my shoulder, this the show would never yeah. last. I spend hours running, you know, Fraunhofer filters and 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 noise reduction and all that sort of stuff. But that's just because. You know, this is this is my geek. It's where I live. But anyway, uh, one of the tools I wanted to mention, it's a relatively new one to me. Actually, both of these I'm going to mention are new to me. Um, but the the one that I have uh, discovered recently is, is uh, part of the aviary suite. It's called Mina. Uh, aviary is a free set of tools out there. Um, they say they have some um, monetization strategy, but I sure don't see what it is. Because uh, there's no ads, there's no fees, there's no subscriptions. It's just this great set of services that are free. Uh, and it's at aviary.com. And they have uh, uh, basically an online version of Photoshop, you know, Photoshop Lite. And right. they have an online gra- uh, vector graphics editor. But the thing I want to talk about is the Mina tool. It's uh, Essentially, it's GarageBand Online. And I have it open here, and I'm going to play a little bit with you. You, you open this thing up, and you've got uh, up to ten different tracks uh, that you can record together. And then they have a library of hundreds, maybe thousands, of different loops. And so uh, I can take, um, just you know, go through here. I'm going to click on uh, Southern Rock sort of thing here, and I'm going to pick a loop and play it. <laughs> So you know, there's there's a little uh, just a loop there that you can 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 play with, and then uh, let's go down here and uh, how about that one? So you got different instruments and different uh, uh, things you can do. So just in preparation for this show, I spent I don't know what five minutes, Sean, ten oh, minutes, something so like that. Yeah, wasn't much at all, together. and put this together. Now, see, you can, I, I can see this as bump music or, you know, intro, outro music for a, a project. Uh, real, real simple for students to work with. Right. In this uh, day and age where the recording artist industry is uh, uh, looking for excuses to sue their customers, you know, why, why open yourself up to that? You can create your own media for, for whatever you want to do. And um, the thing with uh, Mina is it's uh, sort of like GarageBand. You don't really get a choice of of instruments or of keys. It's a loop. Like here you've got your guitar and your bass and your drum all together. Um, but it, it works, and it works really well, and it's super simple. Like I said, this took uh, just a couple of minutes. And the great grand finale. And then when I'm done, I click the mix down button, and it gives me an MP3. And 
that's it. And this is a free service, once again, at aviary.com. It's just uh, really pretty impressive. And th- that should also be mentioned that it's a, a plug-in for Google Docs, right? Well, Google Apps. If your school or your institution has a Google Apps domain, um, they they have a Google Apps marketplace, and, and Aviary is, is one of the things. And so your student logs in with their Google Apps credentials. Aviary, it just is one of the apps. You've got calendar, you've got docs, you've got uh, contacts, you've got Aviary. It just shows up right there. Uh, when you click save, it saves into your Google uh, Docs space, and then um, all your stuff is right there, and it just travels with you everywhere you want to go. Right. So uh, really nice collaborative tool. Then if you're working on a class project and you are a Google Apps uh, school right and if you're going to do a a voiceover or something like that you uh, you can record uh, up to a minute of audio straight from your computer and it becomes one of the the loops in aviary or if you for example have created something if you're a guitar player or, or whatever you can record your stuff in audacity mix it down and then put that up there into mina and and use it as one of your loops to mix and play with and again like garage band you take your loop and you stretch it out and it'll repeat it and loop it and do whatever you want to do and you can mix tracks and and uh it's a it's a really powerful tool and this is the sort of thing that if you put it in the hands of a kid who is gifted in this area he will go to town on it and so it'll just blow you away on the you know the, the kids always amaze me on the things they can do with stuff like this you give them five minutes and they'll blow your mind absolutely so if you're doing a podcast as a class project have the kid who likes to write write the script have the ham uh read the script and have the behind the scenes guy the the tortured musician who always dresses in black write your soundtrack and they all do what they do well and you have a better product than if you make everybody do the same thing right agreed (laughs) uh well uh and along that line there uh uh Another one that we came across just here recently, and this was actually this came from a teacher, uh, one of our teachers that put us onto this was JamStudio.com, and that's just all uh, together there J A M S T U D I O dot com, and uh, again from Wikipedia, uh, Jam Studio is a flash based site, so it's kind of interesting. It's got a very cool look to it, I'll say that, uh, uh, and it's uh, very similar to uh, Mina, although it's not. Not exactly riffs that are, are looped together. What it gives you is really just a, a band uh, with a, a hundreds of different uh, instruments, and then you can set the different keys and, and plug those right into measures and basically build uh, an instrumental song. Uh, and it's it's very uh, just point and click. It's right. where so simple. Whereas Mina is for the the mixer, the producer that that takes something that's already been produced. Jam Studio is for the musician. You actually write in your own chords, A C D F sharp G, and it plays the instruments you've selected in the chords that you've selected. Right, and you the, don't have to be a musician. You don't have to necessarily even know what those chords are. It's it's one of those things where you can just get in there and start clicking chords and putting them in in measures and. Uh, y- you can just go back and forth and you finally you come up you work something up that sounds good to you so you don't really have to have that musical background for it to work and uh, again you look at something like this and it's got that very cool interface and uh, all i can think of is the is the teenagers and you know how they would get in there and just go to town with it um 
Uh, Jam Studios got 125,000 registered users from 160 countries. So it's almost like its own little community and people will post their own creations there. And uh, Mark, I think we've got some of those creations queued up, right? Well, just while you're talking there, I'm playing just a little riff I created in Jam Studio. Now, this took me a little longer because, like I said, it's a little more um, uh, fine-tuned than than is uh, Mina. I call this one Cheesy Rock Anthem. Right. It screams every John Hughes movie from the 80s. <laughs> right. So think right now, okay, Judd Nelson is looking out the window as the rain comes down. And, and Molly Ringwald is walking through the rain with without an umbrella. <laughs> and he's thinking, you know, that's the girl. That's the one. Moving. Truly moving. <laughs> and so this is, you cue the montage, all right? So there's the, the memory, the thinking back of the times they had together. And, you know, and then you move into the... <laughs> <laughs> the resolved course but see this is just you know this is just me goofing around but um you can see there that uh, that's you know it's not uh well let's face it it's as good as anything that was ever produced in the 80s let's, let's right there way. you go um well and just also i mean you can listen to that and think about uh you know some video that they're playing during graduation or you know a, a lot of student created projects something like that would work out just fine right for those schools out there using something like photo story to to blend their their videos and their photos together uh this is way better than the music that that photo story will generate for you and uh, a jam studio is uh there's a free version and a paid version. Right. Uh, with the free version, you don't have a license to redistribute your work. You have to pay for that, and I forget how much it costs. But here's the cool thing. You can get a, um educational grant to use this, and Sean's going to talk a little bit about that. Right. Well, uh, when I saw it, and we played around with it, and uh, it was cool, the free version, you can basically do all the creation with the free version that you want, but you can't download your creation. So you can have all the fun, but in the end, you really can't use it. Uh, so I saw on there, as I was looking around at the site, uh, the uh, or what is it, the, the grant that they offered, and thought okay well i'll go ahead and submit for this and i think probably anybody listening to this has applied for one of these education grants before you know microsoft or whatever and uh it's all these multiple pages of things you've got to fill out and it takes you six weeks to get it back well i filled it out and literally i think i put my name and my email address and what district i was with it was just a couple of fields and uh submitted that and i think it was within an hour they they got back to me and said your grant's been approved. So right. you, we asked for six hundred to cover all of our students, and they gave us a hundred. Uh, right? Two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah, they did give us two hundred, and then I thought about that and said, you know, well, we really don't need one for every student. You could do one for each project or one for each right. class and, because and we you're tested have kids that. collaborating anyway. You so. can have multiple users logged in with the same account. So right. if you give each project or each classroom is probably how I do it an account. Um, you know, our 200 will last us into the next decade. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and I'm sure uh, as as great as they were with giving us that grant, I'm sure we could contact them if we needed to get more licenses. Uh, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, I just uh, also want to throw out there, I came across a, uh, a, a really neat uh, – 
presentation from a teacher, Eric Cole. Not quite sure where he's from, but uh, he had a presentation out there on slideshare.net, and it was about uh, creating things with Jam Studio and actually setting up a Jam Studio account and mixing that into Audacity. Uh, it was uh, a, a neat tutorial, and uh, uh, we'll go ahead and list that. I'm not going to say the, the link here. It's a little bit long, but we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. So. And what we're playing here is just uh, some stuff we found on the on the internet created by students, by people using Jam Studio. You can tell this person brought in their own audio and uh, obviously massaged it a little bit. Right, and we talked about with something like this, it's a higher quality, and it sounds like maybe they went ahead and got the instrumental out of Jam Studio and then maybe ported that into their computer and used something like Audacity or some other mixing tool to uh, put it all together. Just to give credit where credit to do, this is called I Believe by Madco, M-A-D-C-O. All right, go ahead, uh, Stuart. Now, the grant version, that gives you everything the paid version would give you, and you can do all the exporting and, and yep. everything and have the rights to it. Yeah, and right. the, the way it works there is they don't, uh, you don't download your MP3. They mix it and email it to you. So whatever email address oh. you put with that account, you say, I want it mixed down, and they email it to you. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it, again, it'll it'll just take you a couple of minutes, uh, literally filled out a few fields and uh, – you know, I, I checked it an hour later. It might have come back five minutes later, but an hour later, I checked my email and there was my approval. So it was really nice. I, I filled it out as we were talking. So <laughs> great, it's that easy. I want to play one other clip for you. This one just blew our minds. It's from a guy here in Texas. His name is Clarence. There was a night I was surfing the net, looking for something I hadn't seen yet. What I found was amazing. I can't indeed. listen to this guy without laughing. See, the site that was cool, cool as can be. Jam Studio is a name, you see. I went there and made some sound. Now I want to pass them all around. Not too short, not too long. Just a little rhythm to make a song. I made one fast and made one slow. You can do that just so you know. Just like that, I wrote a score. And then I was hooked. I wanted more. I made a few songs and I wanted feedback. And then I heard guys with a guitar lead, Jack. So that's, uh, that's Clarence rocking out, right? Yeah. We're not going to give Clarence any more uh, uh, fame than that, but that, that's, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Uh, um, and you know, he, the Clarence here, I'm looking at him, he's 35 years old, probably got a wife in the back room. With and, a couple of and, kids. And, and a couple of kids running around. Um, and and you know, like his, his little jam said, he was just bored looking for something to do. But imagine what happens if you turn this uh, loose into the hands of a creative 15-year-old. Very cool potential there. It'd be amazing stuff you'd see, I bet, so, and how fast they spit it out. Now, uh, Stuart, uh, you know, in talking with you before and in preparation for this uh, episode, you had mentioned a product called Ardor. Could you tell us a little bit about that? We at church, you know, like I said we we do a podcast at church. Our media, our music minister is also our in charge of the media, uh, and he wanted to do um, he wanted to record individual tracks. Um, of our our soundboard, uh, we have a forty eight channel soundboard up in our media room, uh, and he wanted to record all the individual tracks of a service. So so we found our door, uh, and it was kind of a, a similar to maybe like soundtrack or Logic on the Mac, 
and he was he was familiar with logic uh but didn't want to pay for logic uh so so we found our door and it had some of the same features uh as soundtrack and logic um and we had a we had a mac actually a mac mini at church uh we downloaded our door and kind of started playing with it uh and it did some of the some of the same stuff uh and uh really some really cool stuff um and he, since he had used Logic and Soundtrack before, he, he went to it real fast. Uh, I'm, I'm slower than he is on, on our door because it is very complicated. Uh, it has a lot of this, you know, like I said, this, the same features as Logic, but uh, so it has a lot of stuff that, that's out there. Um, but and it works it works really good if you're doing multi a lot of multi-track mixing. Uh, you know, several, you know, like our 48 channels, it was able to, to mix all of those and, do, you know, just levels and it, it worked really well. Um, I, have, I have a question on that. Now, is that an open source software? Yes. Okay. Runs on Linux or Mac. There's not a Windows version yet. Not a Windows version, no. So and and you know they ask you know like like most open source projects for a subscription or a, a you know a, a donation but uh, but to my knowledge you know we've been we've been using it you know for free and it works great um, and and they've you know developed you know keep putting out new updates and you know added support. Yeah, our door is one of the great experiments in the open source community. The the guy is working on it full time and he wants that to be his only income and so he says pay me. A, what you think it's worth, and B, hopefully what you would pay for the closed source uh, version of it, equivalent yeah. of it. I think he says his average contribution is about 20 bucks, and he's making like uh, 15000 a year. Um, so as an experiment in living off of open source, it's not a very successful one. So I encourage you, if you download Ardour, give the guy 50 bucks, you know, because you'd pay more than that for anything else. Well, and it's, yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty advanced tool, so... You're certainly not going to get something like that for for twenty dollars. No, no, and it uses the. It's he has this, he's built the same ar, um, plugin architecture that uh, Audacity has, and we haven't added a lot of the plugins. But but I've noticed it does have the. It's called Ladspa, um, which is kind of built on the same plugin architecture. So so it has some very extensive functionality. Cool. So Stuart. Um as an experienced podcaster, uh, I'm calling you that whether you are or not, you're now officially an experienced <laughs> podcaster, and, and as somebody who works with uh, podcasting students and teachers, give us your top five tips for podcasters. Well, I'd say one, you know, um, don't worry about the, the expense, because podcasting doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, podcasts, I have to have a good microphone or I have to have, you know, an expensive computer to do all this. You, you can get into it very, very easily, you know, with a microphone you picked up at a garage sale. I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, and, and that's why I tell my teachers, you know, if you want to get into podcasting, you can do it real easy. The second thing is if you don't have a, you know, sort of like a server at your school or you want to do a, your own podcast, there's many places out there that will that will host a podcast uh, without you having to have your own server or your bandwidth. You know, if, of course, if it gets to be a you know this huge show, you're probably gonna have to pay for bandwidth. But you know that that that, that doesn't have to be an issue. We we haven't um, run into that problem yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe someday. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know the the cost thing is is the big thing is a lot of teachers think well you know if I'm going to do that it's going to be expensive but no it doesn't have to be um, 
another thing that I tell teachers is, you know, they see audacity and they're like, oh, you know, what's that? I, you know, it looks, it, it doesn't look scary, but they, they, you know, a lot of teachers think, well, it's something new I've not seen before, and, and I don't know if I want to, if I want to do that. You don't have to have, you don't even have to use audacity to do podcasting. Uh, it's cool to, you know, to make it the presentation a little bit better, like like Mark said, you know, be able to edit and, you know, move things around and and but but start simple. Um, if you're going to do a podcast, you know, based on you're, you're interested in the Red Robin coming back to, to East Texas and you, you want to do a podcast on Red Robins, uh, you don't have to get, you know, real fancy. Uh, start simple and, and kind of grow from there and, and, and don't don't be afraid to experiment. Uh, that's the biggest thing, you know, that I've learned in podcasting is, is you know, there's you just you just start easy and then as you as you get more confident in yourself and and your abilities to use the software you know branch out a little bit you know it's funny uh, that seems to be a common thread on all of our shows is uh when we're getting towards wrapping it up and you know the suggestion part uh don't be afraid just dive right in that seems to be a common thread that we hear well and that's with any software tool you know i always tell my teachers and my students you know don't worry you can't break it unless you, you know, throw it on the floor, you know, it, it, play with audacity. If, if you do something wrong, we can, you know, we can start audacity back up and it's back to the way it was. See, I don't, I don't lie to them and say they can't break it. I say, if you break it, it's my job to fix it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, well, and I tell them they can't, you know, they can't break the computer it's, if or they can, but you know, yeah. for the most part, I, I want them some to will do, take that as a challenge. Afraid, yeah. I have some kids that, that would. For, you know, but for the most part, I want them to experiment and not be afraid Absolutely. of the tech. Don't let the technology get in their way. Teachers, from a tech right here, from me to you, never walk up to a tech and say, oh, I hate to bother you. It's my job. You're not bothering me. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that one. You don't bother the baker for, by buying a loaf of bread. That's my job. It's what I do. That's the first thing they say when they see you in the hall. Hey, I hate to bother you, but can you? Uh, can we do this? And, you know, so Now, don't be yeah, rude. <laughs> don't walk up and say, "Hey, do this." No, but there's a there's a you're not bothering us. Don't let a problem go because you don't want to bother the tax. That's our job. It's what we do. And I guess that would be, you know, my fourth tip is ask for help. You know, if, if there's if you don't know how to do something in Audacity, there's somebody around that that probably does, you know, if it, unless it's the most complicated thing ever. And if I don't know how, I can find out. You know, uh, I I can I'll tell my teachers if if I don't know how to do this in Audacity, I'll call Mark and he'll be able to help me. <laughs> oh, I just Google it. You know, yeah. Save, yeah. save yourself the trouble. Type the same question into Google. Yeah, <laughs> Google's, Google's your best friend on that kind of stuff. All right, Stuart, is there anything else? I, I, that was only four. I asked you for five. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to crack the whip here. Come on. Come on. Let me get a fifth one here. Um, another thing is, you know, that, that teachers, they, they want to start podcasting is include your students that's the biggest thing is is having that creativity and not just you know doing it yourself and you know but having that student interaction and you start talking about you know the podcasting with students and they really get into it you know I, i've seen classes where they, they get super excited about podcasting and they may not get excited about you know factoring polynomials uh, but if you say, hey, we're going to do a lesson on, on factoring polynomials and we're going to podcast this information uh, in a unique way, the students are going to get excited about that. So, so include, you know, I, I tell my teachers to include the students as much as possible um, because that's, that's what it's after. You know, the student-created stuff is, is really where we're headed. Well, and that, that's a good point because, uh, honestly, with something like this, if you're a teacher, you, you don't even have to learn Audacity. 
right? I mean, just turn it over to the kids, and they'll if they don't know it, they're going to figure it out uh, much quicker than the teacher would be able to, anyways. Well, yeah, that's that's right. We have a junior high uh, yearbook class, which is not really a yearbook class; it's more of a media, you know, advertising class. Uh, but she cut them loose with the with the uh, junior high announcements, and and now it's more it's much more than just junior high announcements. It's more of a like you know a, a news program, uh, and they're doing it all on Audacity. That's awesome. All right, Stuart. Well, unless you have anything else, I will thank you for your time. Um, as always, you've uh, been a scholar and a gentleman. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank yeah. you, Stuart. Thank you, Stuart. Have a good week. And uh, so we're going to move on now uh, to our regular um, end of show sort of thing, the uh, tech tip of the week and teacher tip of the week. And I'm going to start with the tech tip of the week, and this is for the super geek out there. Um, if I let anybody down previously with some of my uh, not entirely geeky tips, uh, you will you will be happy with me this week when I talk about the Ultimate Boot CD. The Ultimate Boot CD is much like the name says. It's a CD, or you can set it to boot from a pen drive, and um, it has a ton, I, I don't even count, of different tech tools that can do anything from, from uh, scan for viruses to wipe a hard drive to... Uh, uh, crack, I mean, recover the uh, administrator <laughs> password on a Windows machine. Uh, there's memory testing and, uh, and hard drive benchmarks and processor benchmarks, and there's cloning tools. You, you, it's great for uh, copying one disk to another. You don't need to pay for those expensive uh, tools out there. Just carry the Ultimate Boot CD with you and, and go to town. It's uh, it's a it's a really great menu driven uh, multiple categories you drill down and you just find what you need it's one of those tools I'm ashamed to say it but I carry it with me everywhere I go <laughs> it doesn't matter if I go to church if I go to the mall I have an ultimate boot CD pen drive on me at all so times that automatically qualifies it as a geek tool yeah well it, or, or me as a geek <laughs> So, you know, if you're at the gas station and that automatic pump ba- breaks down, I can whip out my, my USB drive and fix it so I can get gas. You never know when that might come up. Right. Well, you might get a free tank of gas out of it, right? <laughs> so the ultimate C- uh, boot CD, and that is um, not uh, unsurprisingly at ultimatebootcd.com. All right. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to have to check that out because I haven't used that one yet. It's probably something I need to be carrying around. Uh, okay, well, I'll uh, move us along to the teacher tip of the week, and uh, this is one that I just ran across last week, and uh, I wish I could cite the source that I got it from. I believe it was in the email uh, in my inbox, but uh, Teacher Share, which is actually a portion of Scholastic.com, so to find it, you would go to teachershare.scholastic.com, and uh, I'll apologize to any teachers that might already be aware of this resource, but uh, basically it's just a website, a uh, space for teachers to share ideas, uh, lesson plans, resources, etc. I just kind of jumped around the site, and it was really amazing how much uh, was out there and how many teachers were on there uh, sharing, you know, entire lesson plans and uh, activities, and it, it was, you know, K through 12, so it covered everybody. Uh, really neat stuff, and I think if, if I was a teacher maybe preparing for the summertime and maybe looking at what I want to do this next summer. Uh, it'd be a great place to just go and kick around and maybe come up with some new ideas, things that you hadn't thought of before. So uh, check it out, teachershare.scholastic.com. All right. 
And I guess that wraps up this week. Uh, as always, we thank you for being here. Uh, be sure to check out our website at thetightwadtech.com, where you can find, of course, our podcast feed, uh, a blog with uh, show notes of each episode. The, the tools that we talked about this week will be there. There's also an opportunity for you to comment and give us some feedback. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That's right. Um, and uh, find out uh, more about uh, your intrepid co-hosts uh, at thetightwadtech.com. We hope to see you there. All right. And, and for uh, now, yeah. this is Mark saying insert something witty here. Uh, and I'll uh, see you all next week. <laughs>